was made for community, to be in connection with others. And the desire was that Vista Church, that when you think about it, when people ask, why do you go there, your response would be, because that's where my friends are. That's where my friends are. And then last week, Nick and Joe talked to us about this idea of participating in the cause of Christ. And with the simple idea that it was made for each and every one of us. And Jesus says, you go, regardless of who you are, what you do, and where you're going. As you go, you make disciples for the kingdom of God. And so with that being said, I want us to take one little step backwards before we come to the Lord's table together to answer this question. So what is, when we think of these three words of Christ's community cause, what is the foundation that this comes from? And I just mentioned it because it's so significant. I don't want us to miss it. That we base everything that we do at this church, Christ's community cause, it's based on the kingdom of God. And what I mean by that is the kingdom of God is simply this. It's the rule and reign of God in every one of our lives. We are subject to him. We are to obey him. When he gives us commands, we are to fulfill them. That's the kingdom of God. And also on the other side of that is the kingdom of God is the reign and rule of God in Vista Church. That what he tells us to do, not just as individuals, but as a gathering of a family of people, that's the kingdom of God. That's the reign and rule in our lives. And then there's one more piece. The kingdom of God is when we walk out of this place, we walk out and realize he reigns and rules in all places that we're going to go to. So when we start looking at this idea, when we put both of those things together, this idea of this is best a Christ community cause, and we look at the idea of the kingdom of God, then what we now have, when you put these things together, is a kingdom way of life, a kingdom way of living. So we wrap up these three weeks, including today, with this idea that we are called to a kingdom way of living, a kingdom life, every single one of us. And I want to show you what that is. So I want you to look with me. I want to direct your attention to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 17, and really just two verses this morning. This will help kind of give a springboard for us to take the Lord's Supper together. But the Gospel of Luke is the third gospel, the third book in the New Testament. And what we find here is Jesus is in the midst of a conversation with a whole lot of people going into Luke chapter 17. And then what happens is one of the religious groups of the day, the Pharisees come to Jesus, and as they always try to do, they try to they tried to put him in a snare. They tried to trick him. They tried to trap him. And so they began to ask questions. And he's been talking about the coming kingdom of God. So Luke 17, verse 20 and 21, Jesus responds. I want to show you what he says. Beginning in verse 20, it says, Being asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he answered them. The kingdom of God is not coming in ways that can be observed. Nor will they say, Look, here it is, or there, for behold. And look what it says. The kingdom of God is in the midst of you. And so what he's describing to them, they're asking when is the reign and rule of God coming? Now what they were anticipating was that Jesus was going to, the Messiah was going to come in, set up the people of Israel back in the place as the foremost nation in all the world. They were going to be right where they thought they should be for when God comes, we're ready, we'll be blessing the nations. The problem is they'd already given up that right. And so Jesus is saying, that's not what the kingdom of God is. So if anybody ever tells you, oh, there it is right there, don't listen to him. Oh, it's over here. They're not telling you the truth. He's saying, literally, the kingdom of God is in the midst of you. And Jesus has a way of turning a phrase 
And so what he says is, when it comes to this idea of the kingdom of God is in the midst of you, he's literally talking about himself. The king of the kingdom is in your midst right now. But the turn of the phrase is also this. Not only was he saying physically the kingdom has come and you can see him, what he also says is the kingdom of God, another way of putting it, is in you. It's within you. So ever follow, every follower of Christ who has encountered the king of the kingdom now has the kingdom of God residing within them. And wherever they go, they take the kingdom of God with them. So when we start talking about Christ's community cause, we, under, we need to understand really what we're talking about by wrapping all of this up. You are a bearer of the kingdom of God. So we don't, these are just not programs that we want you to participate in. This is helping you live the kingdom of life that's already, the kingdom of God life that's already within you. So looking at what Jesus says in these two, two verses, if it's within you, then why is this life so important? What's so significant? Let me give you two things, and then we're going to take the Lord's Supper together. The kingdom way of life is so important, number one, because it engages, not, it engages the head, the hand, and the heart. The kingdom way of life, as we started looking at Christ's community cause, engages the head, the hand, and the heart. I brought my, my big Bible this morning. And this is for every one of my children. We have four children, and now we also have a, uh, a daughter-in-law. So we are very grateful for not just four, but now five. And for what I do, I do for all of them, I take, take a Bible, and for about two years, I will walk through the Bible and then write down my prayers for whatever has got has spoken to me that day for them. So this is actually Walker's Bible, and he'll get this before he goes off to college in the fall. And so it'll have two years' worth of prayers in this Bible for him specifically. But as I read through this, we've been going in our REAP program uh, that we started at the beginning of this year as a— as a church, by the way, we'll get to that here in a second, we've been walking through the book of Proverbs, one chapter per day. And so you can see the prayers that I've already written on two of these pages. But I want you to know something. Not only is me reading this for Walker for a prayer, but this is also for me. This is not just for him. And so what I will do is, a lot of times, I want you to understand, there have been times in my life where I would read this and then give it to you. But that's not the kingdom way of life. In fact, what that leads is to parch land in my heart. Really what needs to happen if we're going to live the kingdom way of living is I take this and then I stick it here. And then I give it to you. Now, what I want you to understand is you are called to do the same. So when we start talking about the reap program and you reap what you sow and you sow the Word of God in your life, then what we say is it's not just me for, I'm not reading the Bible for information's sake. It's also for transformation to happen in my mind, my heart, my soul. And then it tells me how I'm to act. It tells me how my relationships are to go. So if I just do this and then give it to you, then it's not transforming me. If I do this here and then give it to you, now the transformation happens here, and then you receive as well. But if you're a follower of Jesus, you should be doing the same. When you read God's Word, it changes you, transformed by Christ, and then you can be the kingdom laborer where he's called you to be, wherever you will go from this place. This is not the end all. This is our time of worship. 
This should not be the only time that we receive the word of God. If we're going to live the kingdom life. And so we take it, we receive it, and then we're able to give it away. So we are transformed by Christ, we connect with other followers of Jesus, and then we go to do the kingdom work that he's called us to do. But there's another reason I want you to see here. Not only is the kingdom life so important because it engages all of us, engages the head, the hand, and the heart, it's important for this reason too. It's not just wanting to go to heaven when we die, but look at this phrase, but wanting to bring heaven on earth until we do. So I think a lot of times what we think is that this world is beyond hope. And then we forget about the one that brought hope. Every one of you, if you follow Jesus, your desire, your prayer should be just like it was for Jesus in the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your what? Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Do we believe that what Jesus prayed was just kind of a model, or was he praying something specific for the rest of us to pray and then to put into action? I believe, and it's my belief, that when you go to school, that when you go to work, if you are living the kingdom way of life, if Christ is transforming you, you're being shaped by other followers of Christ that you're engaged with and connected to, and you're being obedient to the call of going to make disciples, you go, that wherever you will go, to work, to school, to play, you can look at that place and say, I think this can change for the kingdom of God. Otherwise, why do we have any hope? Why do we believe in the resurrection of Jesus? And so when we start looking at what we've talked about the last three weeks, understand this, that we're not just living in order to get somewhere. We're living to see heaven come to earth. We're, we're living to see heaven come to earth in my school and in my job, on my street, in my cul-de-sac, my apartment, whatever. And that's a change. That's way different than what we see on the newscasts and social media of the world is in a terrible place and it's not going to get any better. That's the exact opposite of what Jesus said to pray for. So when we're transformed by Christ, connected in community with others, and obedient to the kingdom call that every single one of us is a minister and a missionary for the kingdom of God, we can bring a hope, we can bring the kingdom wherever we go. And then we come back in this place and we worship like crazy because of what we've seen the rest of the week. I found an interesting statement this week. And I want to read it to you before we take the Lord's Supper. It says this, that darkness never goes away by cursing it. It only goes away by flicking on a light. Darkness never goes away by cursing it. It only goes away by flicking on a light. And I saw that and I thought, you know, that's exactly what we do as society. The church looks at it and says, you are beyond hope and redemption you're a mess. And so we curse it and say that we don't want any part of that. And then we try to hide away from it. When the problem is, Jesus said the only way that the darkness is going to run away is if you flick a little light. 
Jesus said to us, again in the Sermon on the Mount, you are the light of the world. Flick the light. And what the Lord's table does is it reminds us that the Son of God, the light of the world, came into the darkness, died on a cross, rose from the grave, and he flicked on the light. And now he's calling each and every one of us to participate in that calling, the kingdom way of life. That's what we come to celebrate today. That's what we come to observe today.